Hey, everybody. We don't normally come to you on a Saturday, but it's not every Saturday that a player signs the the largest deal in North American history, we believe, uh, a deal that basically when you see it, it's like, okay, Joey Otani's a Dodger. Okay. And then you see the number and your head just explodes. Uh, 10 years, $700 million. There are deferrals there, which may bring the actual number down to, I don't know, 650 mil, 625, 675, whatever it is, a massive number. So Kyle Glazer and myself, JJ Cooper, are here to do an emergency pod because when are you not going to do an emergency pod when uh, our, your reigning player of the year signs a contract that blows everyone's mind? So Kyle, I- I'll ask you, what was your first thought when you saw the news that Shohei Otani was not only a Dodger, but was a Dodger for a contract that uh, blows everything else out of the water? Well, I was in the parking lot of a Whole Foods uh, getting some uh, some stuff to make dinner tonight. And the fact that he signed with the Dodgers is not surprising to me. I wrote about this for us a few weeks ago. I, I've been putting it at about 70% chance that he was going to sign with the Dodgers. And that even was me being a little bit conservative. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to have the first one-on-one exclusive interview with Shohei Otani of any American sports journalist back in 2018 for us at Baseball America. And... You know, one of the things just getting to know him over the years and covering the Angels, being in the clubhouse, seeing him and and just seeing how he interacts, he really has always loved it in Southern California. He's made this his home. He is genuinely happy here. There's a huge Japanese population here, a huge Asian population in general. There's a lot of comforts of home here, and he really, really enjoyed it. So you take that and combine it with the fact that he has made no secret that his number one priority was to win. And listening to him talk in his press conferences, the last two years especially, his frustration at not winning was palpable. It was very, very clear he wanted to do that. So you take those two things together. He really, really wants to win above all else. And he really, really, really enjoys it in Southern California. Where does that leave you? That leaves you with the Dodgers, the winningest team in baseball over the last decade. They have all the marketability. It's in a region he knows and loves, doesn't have to move. There's just a lot that made a lot of sense there. And that's why for me, it was always going to be a surprise if he signed anywhere but with the Dodgers. As for the dollar amount, that made me go, whoa. I was with my wife and daughter in the parking lot, and I went, whoa. My wife said, whoa. I said, Otani. She's like, the dollar amount? I was like, yeah. To me, there was never a question that he was going to get $500 million, that he was going to sign the largest contract in Major League Baseball history by both total value and average annual value. That was never in question. I thought that he would get over five hundred and clear it pretty easily. I thought there was a chance he would get 600. 700 million never entered my mind. And just talking to officials throughout the game, you know, I tweeted this out a few months ago. I was sitting with some uh, senior officials um, watching my league game. We were just talking and I mentioned 11 years, 550 million for Otani. He kind of smiled at me and said, you're too low. And that was before Otani got hurt. So, you know, you never know how that's going to affect it. So I had a good sense that it was going to get mid fives, probably a little higher, but 10 years, 700 million. And that's the other part is it's 10 years. It's not 15 years. It's 10. Um, this, the, this fact he signed with the Dodgers is not surprising. The fact he got 700 million absolutely was, was beyond what I, or I think anyone else expected. The thing that you mentioned that I think is worth noting here is, is if you are a player, the thing with all these long-term deals, these 10 year deals is 
you're making as a player essentially a career commitment to a team. Now, there are opt-outs sometimes and things like that, but if you're going to stick around for 10 years, one thing either you're in a situation where it's like a Joey Votto situation, like I'm going to be a red from day one till the very, at least the very near end of my career. And sometimes players do that. Maybe that's what Mike Trout ends up doing. But there's also the, I'm going to commit myself and I'm hoping to do so with a team. It's hard to project 10 years, but one thing you can feel pretty confident about with the Dodgers is the Dodgers are probably going to be very good throughout the next 10 years because we have now 15 years basically of, of recent history, essentially whatever, essentially the moment that the McCourt, the, the, the team has been taken from the McCourt's from then on out, the Dodgers have been a perennial contender. They are a team that does well in every aspect of the game. And so with that, you actually do have that comfort level if you're Shoyo Tani. And I do think that that is, there's the home factor, but I do want to say, I think that that's important as well, which is there are a lot of teams where you could go to and you say, okay, looks good now, but where are we going to be in a few years? And we've seen examples of players, you know, Miguel Cabrera showed up to a good situation in Detroit when he arrived. It went in a different direction during the extent of that contract. That's part of what you do when you sign these massive contracts. But in a Choi Otani's case, I do feel that there is some comfort if you're him, especially with the deferrals, that this is a Dodgers team that's not going to disappear over the next, you know, in year five, it's like, wow, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm back in Anaheim again. And that's the biggest factor here. Again, I, I want to go back to it. He has been very clear with his frustration about the fact that the Angels were not winning the last two, three years, really the last two years in particular. And that to me has stood out because Shohei Otani, you know, people are talking about how, you know, he's apologizing. His Instagram announcement starts with an apology for taking so long. He's a very, very polite, very, very selfless individual. Obviously we need to see what the deferrals are, but what's come out so far is he's accepted those deferrals because he wants the Dodgers to be able to stay under the luxury tax, build a competitive team around him. That's all with his personality. Again, I go back to, I remember, you know, landing that interview with him in 2018. After we finished, he stood up and started putting the chairs back. I mean, here's like this superstar player who's being conscientious enough to like put the chairs back where they were and push them back in under the table. And I know it seems like a little thing, but it stood out to me because a lot of top tier athletes don't do that. So I think with him, whenever he spoke out and there was a hint of frustration and there was a hint of anything remotely negative, it was surprising because that's just not his personality. There was a lot of frustration there. So when you look at what teams in Major League Baseball do you say, I have the most confidence, Again, a lot can change in 10 years, a lot can change in three years. You never really know. But you look at what teams do you look at and say, I feel like these are the teams that will most likely be competitive year in and year out for the foreseeable future. And the two answers to that question are the Dodgers and the Braves. When you look at the team they have in place, the financial commitments they've been willing to make, the recent track record of success, the front office and coaching staff in place, all of it. I think when it comes down to it, that's going to be the most important factor for him here. That was always going to be, you know, he was going to get paid no matter what. But for him, it was about winning. And the Dodgers give him the best chance to do that 
now and in the future. Again, this is still a team. They have some things to improve upon. They've had a lot of early exits. There are some issues there. Don't get me wrong. Their only World Series was the 2020 season. And there's obviously, you know, a, a sentiment around that, that it's not the same as winning a full 162 game World Series. And there is some merit to that. But you talk about year in and year out competitiveness. You feel great about their ability to draft and develop and renew their talent. The Dodgers have done that at a level so much better than anyone else for a decade now. At the end of the day, that was always going to be the most important factor for him. He wants to win. And the Dodgers, along with the Braves, the two teams that give him the best chance to do that. And then you add in his love for the West Coast and the fact that the Dodgers were always going to be able to pay more than the Braves. It kind of, again, it just made sense from the outset that this is where he was going to end up. And no one should be surprised that he's a Dodger. The dollar amount is what's, I don't know if surprising the word, but just like jaw dropping. So the, the other thing I will say with that is, is there's a lot of instant reaction of that, how this is bad for baseball. Um, you know, and I get it in <laughs> really? some ways, which Come is on, people really, but no, there is, but no, I, yeah. I get a lot of those that the sentiment is, is that if you're a fan of a team whose payroll is under a hundred million, you do look at it in some ways and say, Otani's going to make, I mean, Otani's payroll is, you know, on an average value is more than what you probably will make more than the A's do, which admittedly oh, yeah. is a terrible the example. A's, the Pirates, but again, that's not baseball's fault or Otani's fault. That's the owner of those teams' fault. If those fans are angry, aim their your ire at your team owner, not but, baseball, not Shohei Otani. But but I also do think with this, it's it's one of those things where it's it is kind of. It's like, you know, I, I saw comments like it's crazy to pay someone that much to play a sport, but no one bats an eye when an MLB team is sold for billions and billions of dollars, which is, you could say the same thing. It's crazy that uh, a sport te- a sports team is worth billions of dollars, but no one, you know, no one views it that way. It's like, how crazy is it that that MLB is a $10 billion revenue industry that's just kind of accepted but it's yeah. like that the player, and I understand it. What that comes from is, is no one grows up dreaming of becoming an MLB owner and everyone <laughs> grows up dreaming of, you know, like being an, a, a star athlete, you know, potentially. But well, well, I, th- I that think said, the, re- the, the retort yeah, to that to me, for me has always been that money is coming in to the game anyway. I would rather it go to a player who's performing on the field and doing what is everyone is paying to see than an owner who's just sitting in his box. That money's in the game regardless. And I would rather see it go to a star player and not just a star player, but you know, part of what makes Shohei Otani so special is he is far and away the most uniquely talented player to ever play Major League Baseball, ever. 150 years of the game, no one has been this uniquely talented. You add in the fact that he is unbelievably marketable, right? He's handsome, he's... Again, he's private, but he's funny. He enjoys having a good time. He's really personable. You do talk to him. He's incredibly polite. He's a stand-up person. You don't have to worry about Shohei Otani getting caught DUI with drugs in the trunk and drugs and guns in the trunk. You don't have to worry about that with him. And he has a worldwide appeal that, frankly, is unmatched. I mean, being here in Southern California, covering him for six-plus years now, Angel Stadium was draped, draped with advertisements for Japanese companies. The Japanese media was always here. You go out to Japan and there were billboards, not just of him, but Angels players. The marketability and global recognition he brings your franchise 
is unparalleled in professional sports. You know, LeBron James can do it in the NBA, but in terms of specifically targeted to one individual country, Shohei Otani can do it at a level. Again, LeBron's the only other athlete I think is probably as world marketable worldwide as Shohei Otani is. So you take into account what he can do on the field, the type of representative he is for your franchise, and the marketing power he brings for your club. That's not intangible value. That is hard dollars and cents. And I have no problem predicting that over the course of this contract between ticket sales, merchandise, marketing dollars, the Dodgers, and plus what he provides them on the field, the Dodgers will make $700 million off of Shohei Otani. There's not a doubt in my mind. No, I think that is a key part here to, to definitely include as well, which is that they do look at this. They should look at this as something where you, you're – I'm not saying you're going to make every dollar back, but you do look at it as revenue gained as opposed to now the cost of Otani. And that's where he's in a different category than anyone. And it's not even close. Like if you said, give me the 10 next most marketable players in baseball worldwide, I don't think they add up to Otani. I, I think the next 10 are put them all together. They're not, they're not Otani. He is a different, he is. He's really the only MLB player I would say that is truly worldwide famous. In and I would Not, say and again, he's one of the three to five in North American sports. LeBron James is the only other comp I come up with. Patrick Mahomes to a degree, but American football doesn't have the pull internationally that basketball and baseball do. I mean, this is the type of player we're talking about in terms of. His I, I would put Steph basketball. Curry there too, potentially. I, I think if Cur Steph Curry, Cur you know, Curry like too, but I think specifically to what Otani does for Japan in particular, you know, one of the world's wealthiest nations. I mean, that's absolutely enormous. So I think ultimately you have to look at this as not just a baseball decision, but you look at it holistically, the business side, as well as the baseball side, it's a mass amount of money, but a, you'd rather see that money go to a player than into an owner's pocket and B, he's going to make it back for the Dodgers. There's no doubt in my mind when you combine his on-field performance along with what he's going to bring them in terms of marketing dollars, merchandise, ticket sales, corporate sponsorships, corporate sales. I mean, it, it's going to make the it's going to make Dodger Stadium like the forum was in the 80s when you had, you know, all the celebrities going to the forum club. I mean, Dodger Stadium is already a destination. It all the Dodgers already are near the annual leaders, if not the leader in attendance every single year, despite the stereotypes about them. They already make $330 million a year from their television deal. They already are hugely, hugely marketable as a franchise. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. That's why I use Indeed for our hiring at Baseball America. It allows me to do everything on one website. I get quality candidates. I can schedule them. I can interview them. I can screen them. I can send messages to them all within Indeed. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so now let's talk about it on a purely baseball perspective. And obviously, we can't talk about what the Dodgers are going to look like in 2033 because of Otani, but we can talk about what they will look like in 2024. He will be a DH as he rehabs his, his Tommy John surgery, his elbow surgery. I don't think they technically even said it was Tommy John, but Kyle, what does this mean for the Dodgers lineup most importantly? And is this now the overwhelming favorite or are there still questions with the Dodgers as we look ahead to, to 2024? There are still some questions the Dodgers need to answer, and this is where the deferrals are going to be really, really interesting to see exactly how they're structured. The Dodgers need starting pitching in the worst way. Um, they're going to have to make some trades. They're going to have to make some free agent signings. They really, really need to bolster this rotation to achieve their World Series goals. On top of that, the other dynamic here that, you know, again, not that it's a problematic in the sense that they shouldn't have signed Shohei Otani. Of course they should have. But Max Muncy is pretty much unplayable at third base. I mean, it's really, really, really bad over there. It's hard to watch. And the idea that you could make Muncy a full-time DH, bring in an actual third baseman, was going to help your defense, especially if you're going into the year expecting Gavin Lux to be your shortstop coming off of an ACL surgery. The Dodgers have already said they want Mookie Betts to be their everyday second baseman. So there's a real chance the left side of that infield is going to be a problem. And now that Otani comes in and, and is your everyday DH, Again, it means J.D. Martinez probably losing free agency, but it also does create an issue of, okay, we still need to figure out what to do with the left side of our infield because rolling Max Muncy out at third base every single day for 162 games and into the postseason is just not a recipe for success, um, for turning balls into outs. And, and again, if Gavin Lux is your everyday shortstop, that was already sort of questionable whether he'd be able to do it, now coming off of a torn ACL, that's something the Dodgers are going to have to figure out. They're going to have to address. Um, I want to see the next moves again. A lot is going to depend on how this is all deferred, but they have the prospects to trade for, call it Corbin Burns and Willie Adamas. They have the prospects to trade for if they wanted Shane Bieber. They have the prospects to trade for Dylan Cease. They can do a lot of different things, but they are going to have to figure out the rotation, the left side of the infield. And the other part of this too is, Assuming Shohei Otani comes back in 2025, is able to pitch to even three quarters the level he was at before. You still are rolling out a six-man rotation every day, and, and the Angels had a lot of problems. But one of the side effects was it's hard enough to find, you know, five good starting pitchers, a good rotation. Finding another five on top of one you already have for a six-man rotation can be challenging. So the Dodgers have the resources to do it, and they certainly have the pitching pipeline to do it. But it is something they'll have to look at moving forward, 2025, 2026. You need an extra arm than you normally otherwise would have to plan for. And that can be difficult sometimes. We all know finding starting pitching is the hardest thing to do in baseball. Even a team like the Dodgers runs out of it, as we saw last year. So um, that's, a, that's a dynamic at play here. But I do think, again, all this being said, 
none of these are reasons you don't sign Shohei Otani. Like you sign him, you figure it out, but these are things now they have to figure out. It does. Um, it does kind of further. I, I feel like we have, this kind of goes back to the thing of the people who are, who are complaining about this. We really are in a world right now where we have kind of, I feel like two division, you know, we have divisions on the coast that are just super powered. I mean, you look at the AL East and what's going on there. You look at the NL East and I think that there's going to be, there, there's going to be a, a dog fight again there. You look at the West and what the Dodgers are doing. You look at the, the Rangers and the Astros and the AL West. And then you flip to the centrals and especially you flip to the AL central and this is a, I mean, it, it is, there is a certain extent of have or have nots. We're talking about Tawny here and probably the biggest move we've seen in the AL central, there's still time to go, but, and really in the NL central, there's been almost nothing of significance besides the Cardinals. The Cardinals have made a lot of moves so far, yeah. but there are a lot of teams in both of those divisions. And I think those are teams that are more affected by the RSN uh, dissolution than you see the teams on the coast in, so far, but it is remarkable to me. And it is worth noting like that everything we are talking about, all the big moves we are talking about are teams in the West or the East and almost without fail. I know the Cubs maybe were in on a couple of these, but so far not really. Um, but so far it is something where it does feel like that, the those divisions are moving further away from the centrals. It's not getting closer. Yeah, no, and and it's something that I think the owners of those teams in the centrals need to sit back and think about and say we need to find a way to increase our spending. And it's difficult with the RSN model collapsing. But look, I've written about this. I've talked about it. People talk about all the different ways to win a World Series, and the strongest correlation along with being able to make contact, is spending money. Since 1992, all but one World Series champion, so the last 31 World Series champions, all but one, entered the year in the top half of MLB and payroll. You don't have, just because you spend doesn't mean you're going to win. We we know that. You have to spend wisely, and there's a lot of teams who spent a lot of money and went belly up. You only have to look this past year at the Mets, Yankees, and Padres. But the teams who do win World Series come from that pool. You have to be in the top half of payroll. You just do. And, or at least close to it, I should say, actually, it was all but three teams entered the year in the top half of payroll. Only one team has been in the bottom 10 in one World Series. That was the 2003 Marlins, who really had an all-star team. They were just young and pre-arbitration. So I think it's something where, you know, these teams have to say, look, they're not going to be able to compete with the Yankees, the Dodgers, the they don't have to, but they need to get into that middle tier. You look at what the Cardinals, when they've been successful, they've ranked 13th, 14th in payroll. The Braves, they've ranked 14th-ish in payroll, I believe, the year they won. Even the Astros, I think they were 17th. They're one of the teams that was outside the top half. But you've got to be able to spend enough money to have both the stars and depth it takes to get through a 162-game season and through an increasingly long and rugged postseason. There's just no way around it. We talk about efficiency, dollars per war. That's all great and fine. But when you're in the playoffs, you need to have better guys than the other team. And you have to have guys who are playing better than the other team. And to get it through 
what's now four rounds of the postseason for some teams, you've got to have the depth. You just do. And and that costs money. So I think for all those teams who are feeling sorry for themselves, you know, it's tough, right? You can't make money appear that doesn't exist. And you're never going to be able to compete with the Yankees and Dodgers. But I'm sorry, there's no reason some of these teams spending 50, 60, 70 million on payroll shouldn't be able to get to 130, 140, 150. There's enough money in the game and they need to figure out a way to make that happen if they truly want to compete or if they just want to rake in profits every year and get to say they're owners of a major league baseball team. And unfortunately, that's the dynamic. There's a very clear split. There's some owners who want to win and there are some owners who are content to enjoy their status. Whatever happens on the field, be damned. That's probably a good way to to kind of wrap this up or can keep it you know, tight today because it is kind of an emergency pod. But before we go, Kyle, anything else we didn't cover that you, you want to touch on? Yeah, I think, you know, first and foremost now, um, I will say, you know, this is now, this is what the Dodgers have been waiting for and hoping for. This is why they were not aggressive and trying to resign some of their free agents over the last year or two. They were trying to clear payroll space. They were, had Shohei Otani in their sights and now they've got him. We've talked about the pressure the Dodgers have faced to win a World Series over a 162 game season, especially in light of so many of their early playoff exits. That pressure is only going to increase now. You have the most uniquely talented player to ever play Major League Baseball. You've surrounded him with two of the three or four other best players in the National League, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. You have the resources, you have the farm system. We've talked about they've made some poor decisions with their pitching in the postseason in the past. They've they've done some things to shoot themselves in the foot, not this year, but in previous years. That has to stop. Um, now's the time to play it straight and realize we have the best players in baseball. We need to let them go play the game and not micromanage it. And the other thing I'll say too is um, <laughs> obviously things got a little crazy yesterday with flight tracking and Canadian opera singers tweeting out. And I actually had to drive to an appointment and I'm here in LA and I turned on 710 ESPN radio and listened to two prominent hosts screaming for 30 minutes about how Dave Roberts should be fired because he cost them Shohei Otani because he was going to Toronto and citing other random no-name people on Twitter reporting that press conferences were happening everybody take a breath wait till things happen before you react i think that's a very important lesson that we keep seeing reinforced over and over again i understand there's airwaves to fill i understand there are whenever there's uncertainty about a situation people jump to conclusions but i would just say even in the social media world where everyone wants to know everything right away take a breath let things happen and then break it down. There's no need to call for people's jobs when you don't even know if they've done something wrong yet. So uh, I'll, I'll finish with that. <laughs> and I, the thing I would say with that is, is that that has been really fun about this is for all the people who decry that baseball is a dying sport and, and all that. And again, we're fans of baseball overall. That's why we work at baseball America, but the Shohei Otani uh, experience has is something that people are aware of, even whether you are diehard baseball fans or barely pay attention to baseball and that by itself. And by the way, the fact that it wasn't conventional, the fact that it wasn't something where there were leaks here and there and here and there actually added to the intrigue. The fact yeah. that Shoei Otani announced it himself on Instagram, 
the yeah. fact that there was never at any point in this any actual like hard reporting beyond the fact that people are saying it seems like it's getting close everything else was just speculation and at the end of the day that didn't detract that didn't make people less interested in what was going on it made people more interested now it may have created a vacuum that also people tried to fill but i do think we're sitting here on a saturday felt compelled to podcast because not just this was a big baseball story this is a big sports story this is a big story so i'll, kind I'll of follow that fun. up so you know i mentioned yesterday i had to drive to an appointment but then i actually had an event last night um in santa monica that had been planned for a while and of course i was like of course this is happening the night you know otani looks like he might sign and you know it was it was but i can't tell you how many people who you know know what i do for a living and, and their friends came up to was like is where's he signing where's is he going to like people who don't care about baseball like there are you know this was a friend group not affiliated with baseball in any way some people like baseball there are a lot of people who maybe have a casual interest i'm in la they're curious about the dodgers i cannot tell you how many texts i was getting yesterday how many people reaching out to me and then when i went to this event everyone by my where's he going is he going to toronto is this real is it not and i was like trying to explain to them it's not done till it's done let's wait till we have something official this lost speculation and i actually did check in with a few officials yesterday just like hey you hearing anything? They're like, you know, nothing's official. But I actually had two officials reach out to me and say, Otani to Toronto. Like, even they're curious. I'm like, I, I, I'm not getting that, but you know, we'll see. Um, I mean, everyone's talking about this before it happened, and it's only going to continue now that he has signed. Look, I think proclamations about the death of baseball and how boring it is and how no one cares anymore have always been way overblown and not backed up by facts. Um, there are concerns, don't get me wrong, but um, again, those concerns have been exaggerated to proclaim that baseball is is going to basically be go the way of boxing and horse racing and be like the 11th most popular sport in the U.S. in a few years, which is not accurate. But I will say the interest is generated from the general population, not just the baseball world. At the end of the day, more people talking about the game, as long as not talking about, you know, some horrendous scandal happening is a good thing. And I will say it was certainly um, interesting watching the social media flames uh, get fanned yesterday, but we have something real. We have something concrete now, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun here in, in Southern California for the next 10 years. I've always said, I, I feel very fortunate to have, been able to cover Shohei Otani. Well, really going back to Japan, but since he signed here, I covered his first start uh, at Angel Stadium for us. I've written about him extensively for six years. Um, you know, and I know for me, I'm excited that being here in LA, I'm going to get to cover him really for as long as he's here and as, as long as I'm doing this job. And I, it really occurred to me when I was at the World Baseball Classic with our colleague Jeff Ponce last year when he was watching Shohei Otani take batting practice. He said, I've never seen him before. I was like, wait, really? He's like, yeah, this is my first time. Um, he's magical to watch. It's special. You never want to take it for granted. And, um, you know, the fact he's going to be here in LA, everyone's talking about it in the region and everyone's talking about it in the sporting world. And I think that's a good thing. It's funny. It made me think of, uh, I, I found the tweet March 24th, 2018. I, I saw him face a, on the backfields, a sim game against angels, minor leaguers. And I saw Otani max out at 20, 93. They had to roll the first inning because he got hit so hard. They had to roll the second inning. Oh, yeah. Remember, people like were panicking right in spring training, which is really funny to think about now. And and like, thankfully, didn't make a big deal of it myself. But other than wow, 
I, I've seen him for years in Japan. He's better than this. And but at the time thinking like that was really bad and just a great reminder. But it's like, well, you know, look at how far he's come. You know, that basically he was getting uh uh you know rolled in a game where I don't think that there was a big leaguer in it was a class A group of angels minor leaguers. I don't think any of them ended up making the big leagues. And here he is today signing for uh seven hundred million. Well, so perfect way to wrap it up. Well, also, sorry, I have one more thing to add. I wrote about this too. You know, I remember I was covering his start in 2020 during the pandemic year where he left with the forearm strain and didn't pitch again the rest of the year. And he pit, completed five outs and two starts. And that was after his time on. And, you know, going into 2021, there was a sense he might not pitch again or this is his last shot. Like, we're not going to, you know, he's probably going to have to be a DH. And then he did it. He continues to break precedent and do what we think is impossible. And that's where coming back from the second TJ, again, it's not a great track record of guys who've been able to do it. I guess it wasn't technically TJ. It was a second UCL surgery. But if you're going to bet on someone to do it, it's Otani. And why not? 100%. Now we can wrap it up. (laughs) So for Kyle, I'm JJ. So long, everybody.